bad felt normal to me though. And unless you've walked through abuse, you don't understand that. But the reality is one in three people in the US, they've been a victim of some kind of abuse by the time they turn 18. The first time in my life admitting to my mom that I had been abused. She, I'd never told her. She didn't know. This was at 30. I was at 30. So that was my secret my whole life. And I believe that God's calling all of us to meet our pain for His glory. Because when you get a movement going, it's different. You're doing it together. And so people have to be able to trust us with our yeses, our noes, whether it's our kids, our staff. They have to know that our yes is yes and our no is no. They can trust us in that. Just like we need to know that we can trust our Savior. Welcome to the TLT Movement Podcast, a podcast for tomorrow's leaders today. In this episode, we have a very special guest, Miss Tina Rains. Now, Tina has been like a household name in Elevate Life. I feel like I hear about you and your organization, Masterpiece Women, all the time. Now, Masterpiece Women, you're the founder. You're the the face behind it. It's a conference. It's a podcast. Yes. What is it? It's everything. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, Masterpiece Women is a movement, really. It's a movement of women that are passionate about building and growing in their leadership, building business and really growing in their leadership. Um, And so oftentimes we'll have moms that aren't entrepreneurs that join us because they're just passionate about personal growth. And so when God called us to do this, it was really about how do we equip, based on Ephesians 2.10, number one, that every woman would know that they're a masterpiece. Mm. And the middle of that verse is, that they'd be renewed in Christ because we can know our value. We can feel valuable. We can, but if we don't have our identity rooted deeply in him, it's, it's just all in vain. And then thirdly, going and doing the plans that God has for you from so long ago. So God has these great plans for us, but oftentimes people don't know how to implement the plans. So our mm. goal is to help women know their value help them grow spiritually, personally, professionally, and then go do whatever it is that God's calling you to do. And we help equip them with some tools, whether it's how to build business, how to grow as a leader, how to break some of the bondage that they have. We're doing a freedom Bible study right now. So multitude of ways of just really helping women to achieve whatever it is that God's called them to do. Wow. That is awesome. And I know that you're an entrepreneur yourself, and we'll get into that a little bit later into the show. But one of the most impressive things about you that I've just learned is that you're a mom of seven kids. <laughs> that is phenomenal. I, I have four biological and three bonus. So <laughs> together we have seven. That's awesome. And we have three of those kids that have already produced seven grandchildren. So we still have four kids that haven't even started. Wow. So who knows where we'll be when all of it <laughs> shakes out at the end. That's awesome. What would be something that you would tell Kids nowadays, a lot of our listeners are young adults or teenagers. What's something that you wish you knew when you were a teenager? Number one thing I would say is know whose you are. Um, 
my my story is one of um as I was a little kid, my mom got married to a stepfather who was abusive to my brother and I. We had years of abuse mm-hmm. and um we as a young girl, by the time I was 12, I'd had four predators. Mm. And so many people that I meet get stuck in their trauma. They get stuck in their childhood. They get stuck in the things that have hurt them. And if I'd have known then what I know now, I would have put a lot of energy into healing, a lot of energy into getting help, a lot of energy into digging in the word and learning what God says about me and who I am versus living in the trauma. And that's one of the things I love about this program for the youth is when I've gone to the conferences and seen the transformation, it's like, oh, that's it. They get it. Yes. It's so powerful. And that's that would be the thing that I would emphasize the most because God gives you gifts and talents. He can give you a vision. And for me, I ran after the carrot. I ran after, I, by the time I was 26 years old, I had a multi-million dollar company that I started in my garage. Like God gave me gifts and talents, but I was still so broken Mm -hmm. that my decision-making on my personal side of life was a mess. And even in business as an entrepreneur, oftentimes I was trying to fill that void, fill that void, even though I got saved at 12. Right. Getting saved and getting renewed and getting healed is very different. And so really breaking the bondage of those generational curses, breaking the bondage of um, the deep rooted pain and doing some intentional work. And there's so many great programs out there now um, and great counselors that you could get with that can help you do a lot of that work. Um, It's just invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. And I know there's so many programs out there. Did you go to a program yourself that kind of helped you figure out that there were some broken parts on the inside that you needed to fix? As I shared, I didn't know it at that age. It was at 30 years old. I went to a program. I don't even think it exists anymore. It was called um, Freedom Dynamics. And they took this toolbox. I'll never forget it. It was literally a toolbox. And you had all these tools. You had a hammer and a screwdriver and all these parts, and um, you're supposed to put something together. But the analogy of it was, you can't really do all of that if part of the part of your equipment is broken. And so there was some equipment in the toolbox that was broken. Mm. And how do you need to repair it? And I remember at that conference for the first time in my life, admitting to my mom that I had been abused. Mm. She, I'd never told her. She didn't know. This was at 30. I was at 30. So that was my secret my whole life. So you can imagine, and I got married to my high school sweetheart, which wasn't a healthy relationship. And um, he had cheated on me and everything else. And bad felt normal to me, though. And unless you've walked through abuse, you don't understand that. But the reality is one in three people in the U.S. have actually been a they've been a victim of some kind of abuse by the time they turn 18. That's just statistically. So reality is it's probably one in two because those are just reported statistics. Right. And abuse, you're meaning like emotional, physical, sexual. It can be anything, but that's actually based on sexual abuse. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That they have been actually had some kind of sexual encounter by the time they're 18. One in two people. 
And it used that's to be horrific. one and two females. Um, but that's where a lot of it's it's a spiritual it's a spiritual war that we're dealing with. And that's why I'm so passionate about human trafficking and passionate about um helping to end child abuse and human trafficking because it is it's a disgusting war that the enemy has done. And so I think people knowing that they're not alone and it's okay to get help and it's okay to talk about is so valuable because when I was young, people didn't talk about it. But then as I got older, now everybody I know practically has gone through something. Sure. Um, but yet it was never spoken about when we were younger. That was not okay, but now it's okay. Yeah, and I think movies like The Sound of Freedom and a lot of the mainstream is starting to really absolutely talk about it. And I think that that's allowing a lot of people to, um, to open up, you know, and... You know, I, I experienced some stuff in my childhood, too, that uh, messed me up, that I had to go work out with the therapist and through all these different programs and, and through all this. And sex trafficking has become a big passion of mine, but I don't know exactly what to do with it. Like, I don't know how to pour in. How did you make a difference in that world? So what was interesting about it is I had no idea. I remember when I was younger in my mind thinking that, well, someone must be a prostitute because they're just, they're making that choice. They have a choice. Like, just like I had a choice. I grew up in poverty and I was able to be successful. Right. And I had a little bit of a um, misconception about what really happened um, where I had coped with it fairly well. Um, Many other people don't. And I really didn't cope with it well. It just looked like it on the outside. I just right. had a really good mask. Yeah. If truth be known, I was as big a mess. You just couldn't see it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, however, I actually went on my first mission trip to India oh. in um, 2010. And I was exposed to the um, fact that the delete children were born into what they call a caste system. And they're actually used for sexual slaves or as basically housekeepers cleaning dung like they clean the toilets that was their two jobs in life in this and these are children system. these are children wow and um many of the children were born in as um what they call joginis which are their um they're slaves to these temples oh sex slaves to the temples which i thought how could that even be real in this day and age but it 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 is right and so when I experienced that, I went, oh, my goodness. I have to do something about this, but I didn't know what. And I was in a position where I had just a few years before, I spent about 10 years getting help, um, about six years actually at that point, going to counseling, doing different programs. There was one that was really powerful called, um, it was um, Restoring Relationships. Um, which I thought was about restoring relationships because I was going through a divorce and it wasn't. It was about restoring your relationship with Christ. It was very powerful. Mm. And um, so I'd gone through all this healing 
And God was showing me, I want you to do something different. At the time, I was very, you know, engaged in my local community and charity and all these different boards and president of this and blah, blah, blah. So I just thought in my mind, well, he wants me to go get on Christian boards instead of these other boards, you know. They were great organizations, Boys and Girls Club, American Heart, things that were great and I was passionate about them. And so I transitioned. And when I came back, my girlfriend says, God told me to ask you if you wanted to do something with me, but I'm waiting. I believe he did, but I haven't got a hundred percent confirmation. I'm like, okay. So a couple of weeks later, she goes, God wants me to ask you to climb Mount Kilimanjaro with me. I'm like, what? Where is that? What is that? And why would I want to climb anything? Like I'd never climbed a day in my life. I was not a climber. Sure. At all. And so. <laughs> Isn't that like one of the biggest mountains in the world? It's the biggest mountain. Biggest, highest freestanding mountain in the whole wide world. How about Mount Everest? Mount Everest is not a freestanding mountain, actually. Oh, but, it's like, a, it's like so, right. Okay. They're different. But we did do Base Camp Everest as well. Get so out. actually, we wow. went above Base Camp Everest to Mount Calabatara. But when I said, I asked her, I said, what's it for? She said, well, it's for projects against human tra- that are fighting human trafficking. I'm like, what? Really? Oh, and by the way, that project that I went to in India was the same organization. Really? I said, no way. And they'd, we'd been at the rescue home for these human trafficked victims. So I was like, oh my, oh my, what, huh? <laughs> I, but I had a sense. I said, okay, I'm not going to say yes, because I was in a season of don't say yes, don't say yes. Wait, let it be me. <laughs> so I waited on the Lord and he confirmed. So I went and I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And the goal was for each one of us, not only to climb the mountain, but to raise $10,000 for the projects. Wow. Well, I thought, oh, that's easy peasy. 10 grand. I have friends who could write that in one check. I'll be done. He didn't make it easy for me. Mm. The training of it wasn't the hard part for me. The first part, the raising $10,000 came in for me. Wow. But what he showed me, he wanted me to not just raise money and get one check because then my job would have been done. Right. He wanted me to be truly a voice for the voiceless. And so I was on all the media. I was all over every TV station in South Florida. And um, we really raised a lot of awareness for it, which was the goal of doing these crazy mountains was to raise awareness and get people talking, get people doing and get them activated and so we climbed mount kilimanjaro when when i was there i had already sold my business and i had just a small portion of it left and um they asked me if i'd be the executive director and i was like i gotta climb another mile. i literally had given all my equipment away when i came off I summited. Been yes, there, I did. That. <laughs> and I, I never dreamed of ever doing another mountain. That was not my thing. I, it wasn't something like, oh, this is great. I did it. I was like, thank you, God, it's over. <laughs> you know, and um, I had some other things that had come up that were I was very passionate about. And so I was like, yeah, but God was so clear. Go do it. Well, then I ended up leading that movement for almost seven years. And wow. um, we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro a second time. And we um, did Base Camp Everest, the Alps, um, all kinds of stuff. And like a bunch of 14,000 footers in Colorado. And yeah, nice. so I became a mountain climber. Yeah. So That's you never awesome. know how your pain <laughs> is going to get transformed into helping people and I believe that's why God allows it. He never causes it. But I would not have the compassion or the passion 
mm. for those causes had I not had my own stuff. And there was 44 women, and we broke all these world records of having the most women on the mountain, blah, 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 all these things. We all had a common thread of wanting to fight for justice, but the majority of us had had some kind of abuse in our background. So we, we, we got it. And I believe that God's calling all of us to use our pain for his glory. Wow, that's a good word. That is powerful. Wow. Yeah, I, uh, I climbed Pike's Peak. That was, was our training. We yeah. did it every time we trained. <laughs> it was brutal. It was brutal. It was the only like fourteener that, that, that I've ever done. And after it, I, I was just like, I'm so like, I've been there, done that. I don't want to do that again. That was brutal. That was terrible. It was, it, it hurt so bad. But uh, man, yeah, that's crazy that you did the biggest mountain twice. Then all these fourteeners, and and this raises awareness because well, so two things: it raises awareness because what the heck are a bunch of women doing climbing <laughs> crazy mountains? Sure, okay, like Kilimanjaro and Everest, and so the media picks up on it. Oh, it's for uh, human trafficking. Uh, well, what what exactly? And then we're able to share about the atrocities of human trafficking, and so that was the first, you know, one half of it. But it was also a fundraiser. So the fundraiser was each person who climbed, the goal would be to raise either 5000 for the projects for the local ones or for the international ones, we raised $10,000 for the projects. Um, so they were fundraisers. And with we rallied women all over the country. And within those years that um, I was there, we raised, I think we were at, we were at like $6.5 million when I wow. left. Yeah, it was really powerful to watch God move because when you get, a movement going it's different you're doing it together yeah. and so it was really really cool um and in the experience though every event we had we were very intentional to also bring in speakers and different people that could add value to the women that joined us so that they could experience their own true deep freedom because what i've seen all over it everywhere i've spoken all over the world it's been the same story there's so much brokenness even throughout the Christian community of not truly understanding how loved you are by our Savior. Mm. And once you really comprehend it, not just here, but here, like really understand it, not just... Not just in the mind, but in the heart. Yeah, in the heart. And when that heart gets transformed and you feel so valuable, life changes in every aspect of your life. And so part of the ministry was also serving the women that came to climb because they had their own brokenness that they needed to deal with as well. So. Awareness is amazing. And what you guys were able to accomplish is awesome. I mean, six plus million dollars to be able to raise awareness, but there's a root cause to all this. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do we fix that root cause of this sexual immorality? This, this, I mean, obviously there's, I, I read all these statistics and it's sick. And I can't, I think to myself, who's out here doing this to these kids? Like it's nobody that I know. Right. But they, they're not open about it. I think they're trying to get more open about it and make it a little bit more socially acceptable with, uh, calling themselves maps. I don't know if you've maps. heard of this. Yeah. What you said? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, they're not going pedophile anymore. They're going a minor attracted person. 
and they're oh trying they're they're trying to make it, they're trying to normalize it and I've seen it for years since like 2018 I was like this whole LGBTQ plus yeah. agenda it's going toward that and all my friends are like no no and it's happening this oh, year 100% it's ramping up but there's there's a root cause to all this and I think the true how to actually fix that is through Jesus and, and, and to understand that their lust and that the sexual desires that they have are wrong yeah. and to be able to then get the power from him to purify their their minds. Yeah, it is such a spiritual battle. And even our prayer teams, every event we had, we had a prayer team. And, you know, we weren't just praying for the women that were hiking or the victims or our girls and rescue homes but we're praying for the predators right because they're so broken and they're so sick and as much as people hate you know we want to kill them all not that i don't agree you know the bible says hey um, <laughs> no, I, you know um yeah i'm 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 about it i don't know about yeah. it. i'll take I, the, i'll I, take the stance let me tell you, you you take one of those little babies and you deserve to be persecuted and prosecuted to the utmost you know yeah. and um that's a whole nother um podcast but you know ultimately unless we break that spiritual bond right that they have it's not going to stop so it's not just about raising awareness. It's not just about rescuing. It's not just, we have to educate people. Yes, absolutely. Because we need to prevent it. We don't need one more child to fall prey. And the best thing that you can do for a child to protect them, like the number one simplest thing you could do, would have conferences and I would have these previous predators come join us. And they said, we literally groom young men to go into malls, good-looking young men, see these young girls, and they would compliment them. And then, of course, it was on social media. They would befriend these girls and just tell them how wonderful they are, tell them how beautiful they are. Well, most of these kids, especially nowadays, parents are so, so busy. They're so disconnected from right. parenting. They're not paying attention to what their kids are doing on social media. Right. Suddenly, the kid starts pushing you away because they've groomed them. He said, the number one thing you can do for your children is make sure they understand their value, how valuable they are, how loved they are, that they do have that concept of their value. Because when our boys reach out to somebody who is, and often it's not even the boy, it's a creepy man with these profile pictures that look like right. a cute boy. Um, when we reach out, if they are confident and they are bold, they don't they don't mess with them. Even in the right. mall, if they say you are beautiful, and that little girl goes, "Oh yeah, thank you," and shies away, like doesn't feel comfortable with that. Number one, pray, go after them. Dang. So I came home. My daughter was twelve at the time, and that's like the number one age. I said, "Honey, you're so beautiful." She goes, "Oh, I know." I'm like, okay, we're good. <laughs> like, okay, good. So. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and it's great to have that these type of conversations that are maybe a little difficult or uncomfortable, awkward, yes. young. Because I personally was on Instagram at the age of ten. Yep, I grew up on this stuff, and I was in like the infancy of 
social media, all that stuff. But but now I see these three year olds out to eat with with the Isn't iPad. Isn't it crazy? I know, and they know how to work it better than we do. I know it's so alarming because they really don't know. They're so innocent. And I think the internet actually strips a lot of the innocence away. I agree. And I think you're right on it by saying, I think that our society is making these parents so busy and distracted with work and with finances and with everything going on all at once that they're not really paying attention to what's going on on that screen on their kid's phone. And it's detrimental. I know it was for me. I know when I was in the third grade, I was homeschooled. Um, and I went to uh, a Christian private school. And in the third grade, we moved. And I went from a Christian private school into the biggest elementary school in the entire state. Oh, wow. And day one on the bus, some kid showed me p- p- pornography and told me to go look it up and and wrote down links and all this. And that paired with... Um, early YouTube where it was kind of like anything goes yeah. paired with these podcasts that I would listen to that were like comedy podcasts, but they would just talk about all these adult things. Like by the time I was 12, 13, I knew more than most adults throughout all of mankind should know. Like it was, it was brutal. Like, yeah. and it really, I think stunted. I, I don't know if this, if stunted's quite the word, but I feel like I had to grow up really quick because I just had it takes your, it steals your childhood. It does. It, it really does. It really does, and it's it's scary and alarming. Um, I had a really great opportunity to grow up before ten on a farm, and I was outside all day every day, and, it, and, and life was great. I mean, it was it was ideal, and I got to have that childhood. A lot of kids nowadays they're not getting that. Right. It's it's they get the iPhone immediately. Well, and, it, and unfortunately, if you think about it. Okay, let's give an iPhone or an, or a video game or a video. Then I don't have to deal with discipline. Right. And that's the sad part is if you look at a restaurant nowadays, all these parents are handing It's easier than dealing with if they throw a fit. Well, no, we have to have a consequence for your bad. If you're not behaving, you have to understand that's not okay. Right. You know, and it, you don't want to be embarrassed in the restaurant. You, want, you don't want to deal with that. You know, um, and so it is, times have changed a lot. Can't say that I agree with it being the old school. I'm like, my kid would have acted like that in the (laughs) restaurant. They would have been so much, they would have been in trouble, you know. And I was a kind, gentle, loving mother. Like, I wasn't a hard mom, but you did not act like that. Right. Yes. And this, you it's so hilarious to have you insinuate that you would, like, spank them or something. And that (laughs) that you call that old school. Because that's... I mean, it's very sad now. I I was listening to a, a comedy show where it was talking about how these kids nowadays are are taught in school. Like, they're so aware that if they get hit, they can report it and yep. then get the parents thrown in jail and then they can... And it's like, the, the kids threaten the parents. Like, you you better yep. not bank me or else I'll, I'll report you. And when you avoid all that... Because, like, I had to be spanked one time in my childhood to really get it. I was like, oh, like, I don't disrespect my parents. Like, like, <laughs> oh, I, like, I don't act that way. And it taught me immediately. And I don't reflect back on that going, oh, I was abused by my mom because she hit me. It's like, no, it's just the way that it kind of, humans yeah. have to kind of go sometimes. And I think when you take the easy way out, 
it's it's giving them a little bit more of um I wouldn't use the word trauma, but like it's stunting their emotional maturity. And so when they're adults, whenever a conflict comes up or anything, they're going to resort to just going on the screen and just crawling and trying to just forget about it. But it it stays in there. Yeah, 100%. Well, and when you think about leadership, right, we're talking about leadership. I'll never forget, I had a doctor that I worked for. I was a nurse. still am technically by license. I keep my license up. But um, I worked for him. He was a pediatrician. And I had a two and a half year old child who was misbehaving. And he says to me, Tina, you're not helping her by letting her get away with that. I said, what do you mean? I said, I feel like it's so much work to discipline. Like she throws a fit in the store. I just like, here, hold this. Or, you know, and he's like, because it's all about you. Mm. And I said, what? (laughs) I I mean, I, I remember being in shock. And what he said to me, he goes, psychologically, and this goes for anything, even, even as leaders in a business. I'll never forget that that lesson he gave me because he says, if you don't address things and you hide away from, you shy away from the tough things in communicating with somebody, whether it's your child, whether it's whatever, you're saying to them, you're not valuable enough for me to want to put that effort forth. Mm. So you're actually making them more insecure. And then I heard a leader, I, you know, when I, I owned a big business by the time I was 26 years old, I didn't know what I was doing. So I knew enough to go get a good mentor. And I was in this group of all these executives, like executives, Coca-Cola and all these big companies in here with little me, you know, didn't know what I was doing. And he said something very similar about business. He's like, if you don't confront the issues, you're stealing from your employees. I'm like, how can that be? He's like, because you're taking away the opportunity for them to grow, number one, or for them to be in the right place. Because if you keep a bad employee, because they're not a good fit, they're not working in their best gifting. Right. So you're taking away the opportunity from them to go be able to really flourish where they would flourish. And be in their purpose. Right? Yeah, because you feel bad. And it makes you feel bad to let them go. And I went, he goes, so really you're making it about you. And so both in parenting and in leadership, it works the same way. If we don't address the hard things and deal with things and communicate and give people the opportunity to understand that there are consequences, whether it's a consequence that you just really don't belong here in this business because this isn't your best gifting. This, you're, you're very talented in these areas. So affirm them in those areas. Let them go fly in that way. You know, it, if you've tried to train them in different ways and it just hasn't worked, means they're really not meant to do that. If your children is, isn't behave, if your child isn't behaving, think about, you know, he's like, don't say, if you do it again, don't give them a chance. Like they need to know your no is no, because if they can't trust you with your yes and your no's, right. who are they going to trust? How are they going to trust God? Mm. And I went, oh, wow. Dang, that's powerful. Wow, yeah. So people have to be able to trust us with our yeses, our no's, whether it's our kids, our staff, they have to know that our yes is yes and our no is no. And they can trust us in that. Just like we need to know that we can trust our Savior. Amen. Now we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Elevate Life Educational Foundation, that makes the TLT movement possible. There's never been a more critical time to elevate your life. 
We are starting a movement, TLT Movement, helping tomorrow's leaders today to transform, step into their greatness, and have breakthrough in the areas of emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence so they can step out in life and do hard things, learn their identity, step into their purpose at a young age. We're training them through different courses of action. We have the STAND program, that's three days with a one-year mentorship, the LEAD experience, which is every summer a five-day, and then SERVE. So they learn that when they change their world, they can change their world, making an impact. There's nothing more rewarding than helping young people discover their identity and purpose. Help us with the TLT movement, getting these tomorrow's leaders today to stand, lead, and serve in their world. Check out our website at tltmovement.com to see our next training and mentorship. And there's a nomination form. So nominate those young people in your world. Let's get them registered today and help us to elevate life. Yeah, that that really is amazing. And and just to hear it from from you, I feel like as we talk, I just keep discovering more uh, expertise that you have. I mean, you're a nurse, you're a mama's heaven, you are business owner, you're a mountain climber, you're an activist, you're all these things. It's so it's so awesome to hear. So I hear that uh, lately, like your life now, yes, you're kind of living that RV life, like you're in an <laughs> RV. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, that's too funny. Yes. <laughs> so about a year ago, I helped launch a health and wellness company. And so I work remotely. And um, we have these really this really cool brain technology that I'm all excited about. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, and so and my husband works remotely. And so when we we're talking, we have several friends that have big motor coaches and they go all over the country and they live the life. And we've gone with them a few times. Yeah. We're like, Maybe we should just do that for a few years until the market. Because if you look at all the research, everything I'm seeing is the market's going to come down. It's going to settle. It may not yeah. crash, but it's definitely going to settle. Yeah. So we don't want to buy right now. And so we decide, okay, we're going to go for a year, just depending on how long. And it may it may be longer. We may end up having a house and the RV. We'll see how that all goes. <laughs> that is my goal because I love it. It's yeah. so freeing. You're living very minimalistic. I mean- we have a night, it's a beautiful coach. It's very comfortable. And you go and you go for a week or two to different locations. You explore their location, then you go to the next location. And so we're home right now for a month to visit and, you know, do some things with work. And yeah, it's an interesting season. But, I love it. But you love it. I love it. I, I know it's a dream of a lot of young kids to to get a pimped out like Sprinter van and just <laughs> drive around. And so you're saying you would recommend it. I totally recommend it. <laughs> I do. And, you know, I've seen families on the road sick, like this one group that we just, we just met this family two weeks ago, six kids in this RV now, and theirs wasn't as big as ours. So I don't know how they did it from a, they did have bunk beds and things, but I was still like, oh my gosh, I might not want to do that. But <laughs> they had six kids and a dog. Wow. She homeschooled. And can I tell you the best behaved children I've been around in so long? Amazing kids. They could speak intelligently. They, they addressed adults. Like they were so comfortable and so confident. I thought, what a great life these kids are having. 
And they yeah. literally go for typically two weeks to a month to a location and they just go explore and they're going all over the country. Wow, that's a dream. Yeah. That's so cool. I thought, you know, I wish I could have done something with my kids. I mean, what a great life experience for the kids. So many parents work remotely now. So it's, why not? Sure. So what would be your number one piece of advice to kind of wrap the show up? This time, not to the kids, but to the parents of children. Seeing how the world's developing, seeing how public school, I, I call them government, seeing how it's become, in my opinion, a little unsafe to send your kids to these type of schools. I mean, it is totally ideology uh, subversion. And so what would be your advice to maybe a parent that just feels like, oh, I, I already work so hard. I don't know how I'd be able to give my kids more time. Um, what, what should they do? So I would say be more intentional. I, I recognize. So my first two children I had, I was building my business and it got all about the business. Yes. I'd pick them up from school and those things. But even when I was with them, my brain was going a hundred miles an hour. Right. We did not have all the iPads and all those issues at the time. Um, but I look back and I was not as intentional, although you know, we had a lot of good times, but that quality, just one-on-one conversations, disconnected from everything. Half the time I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, mm-hmm. you know, and um, push, you know, making them wait for me till I got off the phone or things like that. Separate your work from your home. Give your family mm. that separate time because I look back on the flip side of that. I was older and wiser when I had the last two children. And it's a very different dynamic, very different um, intentionality to, because these grew up so fast. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and there was Oops. 12 years between, you know, my oldest and my third child. And oh, wow. I realized I almost have a do over here and I'm not doing that again. Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of, a lot of trips, a lot of times that were just um, us. You know, um, unfortunately, I was divorced um, when my kids were, the last two were really young. And um, as a matter of fact, like my daughter was not even born when we ended up um, getting a divorce. So it was a season of singleness for almost 15 years that I raised my kids on my own. Wow. And we had some of the most incredible times though, because it was just us. We were going and doing just quiet time and laughing. And we did spa day almost every single day, you know, where they liked like sticking stuff on my face and giving me back rubs. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. You know, like we just did silly things. We did tickle time every night. Like we were just, I was so much more intentional because, I knew how fast those other ones had grown up mm. and I didn't feel like I had done them justice because I was so busy getting my stuff together. Right. And so as parents, you know, and I wasn't healed either. So I still had a lot of my brokenness that um, I look back and go, you know, if you can at a young age work on any, any root of anything you have that's holding you back, and then work on that root, root on, on that your root on yourself, yeah. on your own mental health, on your own spiritual health, so that you can be the best version of yourself. 
for your kids and for your family, not only will you have better, healthier relationships with your spouse and with your children, um, I, I think they get so much more value from you because of it. And I just, I, I've seen the fruit of that myself. I've got four kids and I see the different, um, the different fruit from it. Wow. There was so much jam packed for right there, but just to kind of give a little brief summary, work on yourself as a parent so that you're able to give the best version to your kids. Mm -hmm. When you're with them, be intentional. Intentional. Get rid of the phones. (laughs) Yes. Separate. Cause we, we live in a day and age where the business follows us home no matter if you own a business or or you just work for someone else, make it clear with your employees or your boss that when you're home, you're home. Separate that work and home. And just remember that nobody's tombstone ever says CEO of this big company. Exactly. They say father, son, grandpa, wife, um, mother. These are the things that matter the most in this world. Your children are going to be the legacy beyond anything that you can build financially, anything that you'll be able to build for yourself. And so, so many CEOs that you talk to, when they when they're asked, "Was their greatest regret or what was the thing that they looked back on?" was that they didn't have more time with their family. Mm. They never said, "Oh, I didn't build a bigger house." Right. It was. Wow, we had it all, but yet, where's the relationship? Right, it's it's hollow. Mm-hmm. And like that f- family of six in, in the RV, you don't need to be absolutely loaded and just just have all this wealth and all this land and, and house to be able to raise healthy, happy kids. I mean, you can do it in even the confines of an RV. Absolutely. There's so much wealth in relationships. Wow. I think that's really what wealth is all about. I think people confuse being rich and being healthy as being a synonymous term, where I view rich as more financial and wealth is more, it can be financial, but I think it's more of a community-based thing. It's more of a relational because I got to tell you, I've been around a lot of rich people Mm -hmm. and I've been around a lot of wealthy people with a community and they might not have the financial abundance, but they're able to call on so many people with so much expertise, and it far outweighs the, 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 that tool set and that quality of life far outweighs anything that you could ever pay for. Yeah, true wealth really is having it all, right? True wealth is having those healthy relationships, and the first one starts with Christ. Amen. And the finances, that's not really wealth. That's finances. It's a tool. There's, it's a tool. And God gives many of us um, tools, well, gives all of us different tools, right? Mm. Um, and how we use them is the most important. But wealth, I really believe, is having healthy relationships. The rest, you know, just like with our company, it's interesting because I say it all the time, we're going to make plenty of money. But it's not just about the money. Right. It can't be. If that's all your purpose is, it's pretty empty. Yeah. It's really how many lives can we change? Amen. You know, how many lives can we change while we're here? We're only here for a short period. And when I get up there, I want our <laughs> Lord to say, well done. Good and faithful servant. Exactly. 
Tana, thank you so much for being here. Do you have any sort of, uh, do you want to plug any social media or website? Yeah, Anything? you know what? Um, feel free to check out. My big passion is um, getting our brain technology out to help the world. It actually helps people with all types of things. And so you can check my website. It's tinarains.com. That's very easy. Slash health. Um, Excellent. And, and check it out. And um, yeah, just see what the... The Lord does. And we'll link all that below. If you're interested to get to know Tina Raines a little bit more, go check it out. We'll also put her women's group down there as well. And until the next time, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the TLT Movement Podcast. If you liked what you heard, maybe it will bring somebody else in your life value too. So please share with a friend, subscribe to our YouTube, and comment and let us know what you think. Our podcast is available on Spotify and Apple, and we would very much appreciate a five-star review. Visit our site, tltmovement.com.